It ain't what you do. It's the way that you do it. It ain't what you do. It's the way that you do it. I was going through some old songs that I used to listen to. So I was... um, I was asked I was asked to kind of think of something there were some songs that we were kind of looking at and I remember my very very first album that I bought myself not a single but my album was The Greatest Hits of 1987 and it was on a double cassette but it wasn't you know we used to get double cassettes that were fat cassettes we'd have them back to back this wasn't this was a tall one it would have one on top of the other so it was like a kind of postcard a bit more kind of two postcards stacked on top of each other but there were some things on there from Banana Rama, and it made me think of this song. Did you know this song came out in 1982? I was two years old. I was born in 1980. I was two years old. It ain't what you do, it's the way that you do it. But I wanted to talk to you about that today. So welcome. I am Kelly Swingler, your host of Frazzled, the podcast. Thank you very much for joining me. If you are new here... We are uncut and unedited. Whatever is said is just the way you get it. Uh, Whatever noise there is in the background is just the way you get it. I decided that I wanted to do this podcast, but I didn't want the stress of doing the podcast. I didn't want editing and cutting and music and ensuring sound quality. I didn't want any of that stuff. I wanted it to be as simple as possible. And so I gave myself permission to just do it. Right. Good is good enough. Many of you tell me how much you love it. So we're going to keep going. We're going to keep doing it. We're going to keep doing it. But in today's episode, we are talking. It ain't what you do. It's the way that you do it. And before I forget, I'm going to highlight. I have uh, recently uh, put out my latest ebook. My latest ebook you can now get free on the freebie section on my website. It is 10 BS excuses that are keeping you stuck in the burnout cycle and how to fix them. If you haven't already got your copy, head over to kellyswingler.com, click on the free stuff, go on there, get your get your get your ebook. And if you know anybody else that may be of value to it, then point it point it to them as as well. Um, So I'm just going to a guilt well a shameless plug there I was gonna say guilty I'm not guilty I want to help as many of you as possible and ensure that as many of you as possible have access to all of the resources that are available to you so there you go completely shameless plug there so today it ain't what you do it's the way that you do it now some of you may be far too young to remember this so as I said I can't believe it was 1982 um, but do you remember my my Bananarama albums? So I'm not sure in what year I ended up buying those, but I used to love it. And basically what how the kind of lyrics go is that in what you do, it's the way that you do it. Repeat that over and I'm not going to sing to you. But it says that's what gets results. That's what gets results. It says that you can try hard, but it don't mean a thing. You can take it easy. Then your jive will swing. It ain't what you do, it's the place that you do it, and that's what gets results. It ain't what you do, it's the time that you do it, and that's what gets results. So let's repeat those three things for you. It ain't what you do, it's the way that you do it. It ain't what you do, it's the time that you do it. It ain't what you do, it's the place that you do it, and that's what gets results. So many of us, I know I have been guilty of this for numerous years of my life, 
but constantly having these endless to-do lists. And every time somebody else then wants us to do something for them or every time a thought comes into our heads and we thought, oh, yeah, I must do that. We just constantly add it to the list. I remember I had started a mastermind group. I want to say 2015 or 2016. Um, I'm still in contact with one of the amazing women that I met there, a woman called Tanya Fitzpatrick. Um, she now lives over in Bali. I'm still in contact with her, still follow her. Uh, absolutely loved her. But I remember one woman... I won't give I won't give her name, but one woman would come and she would be stressed from the minute she walked in in the morning until the minute she left of, of an evening. We used to meet in person uh, for a full day at this private members club in London uh, in Soho. It was a beautiful, beautiful venue. But we'd, we'd have a full day together, I think once every two months and then a kind of check in in between. But she would arrive stressed in the morning she like hair would be all over the place um stretch she'd have like bags full of stuff um and there'd always been some kind of drama with her journey always been some kind of drama with her journey she'd then be stressed all day and then she'd start stressing about everything that she needed to to, needed to do we we were kind of talking one day about because she always kept mentioning this list and she had her ipad and she just continued to add to the bottom of her list. And we had a look at her list one day. So maybe tried to calm her down. She had hundreds, and I mean hundreds of things on this list every day. Well, not just every day. I mean, it was never ending. But every time she thought of something that needed doing, or every time somebody asked her for something that needed doing, it would just get added to the bottom of this list. It's like, like no wonder you're constantly stressed because her first thought literally every single day is I have got hundreds of things to do I've got all of these things to do hundreds of things to do so she was always stressed as we started to talk to her about prioritizing or her three most important things of the day or her three most important things of the week everything began to change for her And a lot of the time we think it's all of the to do stuff, right? We think it's the stuff that we need to do that makes the difference. And of course, some of the stuff that we do makes a huge difference. Some of it makes a little bit of a difference. Some of it probably makes no difference. But we think, we assume it's all of the stuff that we do that makes a difference to us. I'm working with an exec director from a national charity at the moment. Fantastic guy. He, in terms of leadership, is incredible at being a great leader. He motivates, he listens, he's compassionate, he's empathic. But can get bogged down with the doing of the stuff. And when he gets fixated on the doing, he can, by his own admission, become a less effective leader. In 2019, when I implemented four-day working in my consultancy with my team and myself, we all started four-day working, made the decision to close on a Monday and work just Tuesday to Friday, we had to look at everything that we were doing. 
because I, you know, when I remember talking to my team about this, I, I thought throughout 2018, like, how, what could be a really great way of, like, rewarding the team in a, in a way that's different? And not just like a one-off salary increase or, you know, a one-off bonus, pay, but something that would really begin to make a difference. And I'd been doing some research around the four-day week at the time and spoke to uh, spoke, spoke to my partner about it. Uh, not my business partner, but my partner about it. So this is this is what I, I'm thinking of doing. And we just, we decided to go for it, right? We said we'd trial it for six months, see, see how it went. And I remember telling the team, we told the team before Christmas that this is what we were going to start from January. And I was expecting for it to be met with like, oh my God, that's amazing, right? You know, we're continuing to be so forward thinking. And this is incredible. And like, go us. Yes, it's amazing. But the look of horror on their faces when I announced we were going to go to four day working. And then the first thing that came out of any of their mouths was, does that mean we have to do five days of work in four? And it was, and I was like, so no, we had to go through the detail, but we began to look at what wasn't adding value and not just what, what wasn't adding value to us, but what wasn't adding value to our clients, right? What were we doing that wasn't making any difference or adding a value to our clients? What were we doing internally that wasn't making a difference to us? So we started to strip out all of that stuff and recognise that it gave us more time to be more creative, to be more engaging. Now, we can deliver a meeting, right? We can we can all sit or stand. We can all deliver briefings. We can deliver meetings. But it's the way we do it that creates an impact. I remember a few years ago, I was working with a finance director. And he was like, I could just, like, I'm stressed all the time. And I have to go, you know, I have to go through all this data. Now, as a finance director, most of his whether it was a, a you know an exec meeting whether it was at a board meeting whether it was at a meeting with his team was all spreadsheets and whilst he was a finance director he was a fun engaging energetic finance director but when it came to meetings or when it came to talking to people or when it came to presenting his default was here is a spreadsheet or here's 25 bullet points on one powerpoint presentation and he was kind of talking about, um, I mean, there's lots of different things. I, I think there's one called Video Scribe, there's one called Prezi, like ways in which you can make PowerPoints move and and make them look a little bit more engaging. But actually it was like, well, if you, like, we started with a blank sheet of paper. If you were to deliver this your way, what would you do? He's like, oh, I just, like, sometimes I just dream of being one of these people that can just, like, you know, sit on the side of a table and just talk to people. I was like, why don't you try that then? And he did. He had a piece of paper with the figures that he needed to talk about, but he found a way to make the information engaging with no slides, with no PowerPoint, with no presentations, with no numbers in people's faces. He sat on a table edge and engaged with the team. And he said the feedback that he got from that meeting was incredible. Now, what he did was deliver the same information, but he did it in a way that was completely different for him. The meeting took less time because people weren't switching off in the same way. They were engaged. And people just felt more at ease around him. But what he did was the same thing, but he delivered it in a very, very different way. 
he felt less stressed about it. People felt more engaged in the delivery. And he wasn't then, he recognised after the meeting that he wasn't having to keep following up with the same things that he was asking for because he kept people engaged. People were paying more attention and therefore things like engagement, communication and performance were increasing. And he trialled it and he began to kind of do different meetings. OK, so it, have I really kind of nailed this? So he'd throw in a boring meeting into the mix every now and again and recognise that like nobody was listening. Everybody would switch off. But when he was him, it just became very, very different. We've all got these things that we need to do, but how can we do them? Even if, you, if you're one of these people that's got 100 things on a to-do list, you're already starting frazzled. I stopped to-do lists a very, very long time ago because like this woman and probably like many of you, I just realised that the to-do lists were running into pages and pages and pages and pages in my books. I'll just add another one to the bottom of the list. I'll add another one to the bottom of the list. I'll add another one to the bottom of the list. I wasn't feeling inspired. I wasn't feeling driven. I wasn't feeling motivated. It was just, oh, where do I go? And probably again, like many of you, I wasn't then thinking which is the most important thing on this list for me to get done that's going to add the most value and make the most difference. No, I was like, right, I've got 10 pages of things to do, which are the ones that I can get ticked off quicker. How can I tick these things off quicker? So I was then going for almost like kind of lowest hanging fruit, but it wasn't making the biggest difference. When I binned a to-do list and started focusing on a get-done list, and I started off with one thing that I had to get done that day, and then I had three things, and then I've had up to five things. Now, I've kind of worked out between three and five is kind of my magic number of things to get done. I'm also then much more aware of how much time these things take. I'm much more conscious about how, how much time these things take. And again, I speak to a lot of my clients like, well, I've got, you know, I've got a full day of meetings. But it's like, OK, how much time do you then need after all of these meetings to work out what you need to do or how you need, you know, what you need to delegate? What are the things that you are, uh, well, you know, probably maybe between like half an hour after every meeting. So if you've had eight hours of meetings... You need four hours to then be able to kind of reflect on those meetings and get the actions done. But many of you are not then allowing yourselves those four hours anywhere in the week. So you're never getting anything done. So the way that you do it more effectively is to ensure that for every meeting, you've got some time after that. And it doesn't have to be on the same day if you're in back-to-back -back meetings or whatever, somewhere in that week, that's what you need to be focusing on. Then you can feed in the priorities. But the first thing that needs to go in your diary is time for yourself. And many of you are not doing that. I mentioned recently, I don't know if it was in last week's episode, I mentioned that I did a talk recently to 150 HR leaders. Only three of them schedule time out in their diary on a regular basis. Three. There's also, on this topic of kind of the way that we do it, there's a book. I'm trying to think of the author now. It's just gone completely out of my head. But there is a book called When. I want to say it's a Daniel Pink. Yes, it is. I've just found it on my bookshelf. So there's a book called When by Daniel Pink. 
And it talks very much about when to do certain tasks throughout the course of a working day, like when to do your thinking time, when to do your creative time, when to do your kind of admin tasks, when to make decisions. If you follow anything around, you know, your kind of monthly cycles, you know, if you're a woman listening to this, if you if you follow anything around your mon- monthly cycles, daily cycles, if like me, do anything around kind of yoga or Ayurveda, if you like a bit of woo-woo and you follow the kind of cycles of the moon, all of these different cycles on a daily, weekly, monthly, annual basis will all talk about the things that we could do, should do, are better doing at different points of the day, week, month and year. Because we have a very different energy behind them. We can manage them very differently. And that's what Daniel Pink really is talking about in his book. It's the the kind of cycles of the day. If we think about us, uh, I can never say this word properly, but our circadian rhythm, kind of our body cycle linked to the sun, the moon, all, all those kind of, kind of things. But if we think about those cycles, there are ways to do things that are more beneficial at different times in different ways. Doing a task at one point, of, at one time of day could be very different if we do the same task at a different time of day, but with a different energy behind it. And many of us aren't aware of that. We've lost our kind of ability to tune in. We've lost our ability to pay attention. We've lost our ability to be intuitive because we're just constantly drowning in these to-do lists. I remember when I started in in the toxic environment that ultimately led me to led me to burnout. But I remember starting then within my first week or so, I had gone to a meeting that was to discuss the and I say recent in very, very loose terms. But I had been uh, invited to this meeting to discuss the outcome of a recent engagement survey. Now, the engagement survey had been done six months beforehand I walked into this meeting and the group of people that were responsible for looking at some of the outputs had whittled down the priorities from the survey. This is six months beforehand, had whittled down the priorities to 300. Three, it had taken them six months. We had a staff of around 4,000 people. Six months it had taken them to get the feedback down to 300. There'd been no communication with the rest of the business ever since. 300 priorities. We scrapped it, started again and pulled in much more conversation, much more talking to people. I bought in the engagement workshops that I've done in every organisation that I've worked at and all of the clients that I've worked with. Just literally talking to people, asking five questions, getting their input and ensuring that the the outcomes that action was taken and that the outcomes were fed back to them immediately. Like we, and we were talking within 72 hours. That's how we began to turn things around, not by looking at 300, whittling it down to 300 priorities and still talking about something six months later. Now we changed the what we did, but we also focused with the biggest focus wasn't on the what, but it was on the why. It was on the way that we were doing it. I think that's kind of become, I suppose, my my philosophy of everything now. How am I doing something? 
I'm always looking for, is there a quicker, better, easier way? And not because I want to be lazy, but because I want to make a bigger difference. So how can I speed things up? How can I be more effective? How can I ensure that I'm doing the right thing at the right time? And this is, for me, really, is why I I prioritise a lot of my thinking time, a lot of my reflection time. Every day I'll do some kind of reflection, whether it's before I get into bed at night with my journaling, whether it's at the end of my working day. At the end of my working week, I always review my working week. What's worked, what hasn't, what needs to change, what haven't I got done, why haven't I got got it done? What needs to be different for next week? Daily and weekly reflections. And then I then do reflecting at the end of every month. How can I be doing things differently? How can I be doing things differently for myself? How can I be doing things differently within my family? How can I do things differently within my business? Are there, you know, can I automate some of the stuff that I'm doing? Can I delegate more of the stuff that I'm doing? How can I be more visible? How can I make more of an impact? So again, it's like the what I do. I want the what keep sharing the the importance of burnout, right? Focusing on the importance of banishing burnout. But the way that I do it can be vast. It can be podcasts, it can be blogs, it can be videos, it can be talks, it can be programs, it can be membership. There's a hundred different things that I can be doing it, doing that way. That doesn't mean that I have to be doing a hundred things. Actually, the way that I do it, I want to do it in the way that, that makes me feel good about it. Because if I feel good about what I'm doing, then that's picked up by the people that are listening or seeing or hearing whatever it is that I'm doing. The what can be very much the same, but the way in which I do it, if I feel energised and inspired by it, then that comes across as, you know, that comes across to, to the other person, that comes across to the recipient. How many of you get so caught up in the what that you completely miss the way that you do it you miss the why that you do it and you're not getting the results because you're focusing on the low-hanging fruit you're focusing on the things that aren't adding any value but are the maybe quick wins or the things that you can focus you know get off your list quicker what if you didn't respond to all of the emails every single time that they came in and instead you ran a town hall or you called 20 people together in a room and said right what do we need to be doing differently what what do we need to be changing you some of the questions that I I ask you know what why did you join why have you stayed what do we do well what don't we do well and what's one thing that we could be doing differently get some of that kind of feedback What data are you measuring? But what's a way that you could do it more effectively? How could you be more effective in the way that you communicate, in the way that you feedback, in the way that you help, in the way that you support? The what you do can be the same, but the way that you do it could be very, very different. And if you can implement some of those changes and make some of those changes, you are less frazzled and less stressed. And therefore, what you are doing, what you are saying, how you are delivering, how you are engaging with others comes across in a very, very different way. I love being on stage. 
never thought I'd say that in a million years, but I, I love it. I love delivering talks. I love talking to people. I love sharing my story. I love being able to inspire and engage and motivate people from the stage. I absolutely love it. But if you ask me to sit on a panel where I just need to sit, that's not the best way to get me to inspire from a stage. If you ask me to stand behind a lectern, that's not the best way to get me to inspire people from a stage. But the what is the same. I'm talking from the stage. But the way I do it is very, very different. So if you were to look at your diary for this week, if you were to look at your to-do list for this week and ask yourself how you could be more energised, how could you put more energy more inspiration, more passion, more drive into some of the things that you're doing? How could you get creative? How could you help people in a very different way? What's the way, the time and the place that you could change the what you need to do to get yourself some very, very different results? Not by trying hard, but by taking it easy and allowing your jive to swing. I'll be back with you next week. Have an amazing, amazing day. Uh, as I said, don't forget to head over to kellyswong.com. Check out the free resources. I'm going to be back with you next week. If you think this episode was useful and you think somebody else would love it, give it a share. Pass it on to whoever it is that you may know. I'm going to be back with you next week. For now, take care. Have a great week. I'll be back with you next week. Every Tuesday at 7am, we have new episodes of Frazzled. Don't forget to listen to it then. Take care for now. Bye-bye.